to episode 38 I think 32 I don't know about 32 uh, yeah 38 38 oh, is it, oh 38 yeah I'm muted again aren't I yep. nope you're good you're there oh wow <laughs> <laughs> um alright so I do want to start today's episode a little bit different for a second. Hopefully, I mean, the video still skipped a little bit like it did on our end, like it has been, so I don't know if that means anything, but I do have quote-unquote internet now. Uh, so I'm hoping everything goes Woo. better. I'm hoping things, you know, uploading, downloading, this and that, and the connection and everything is good. I'm hoping. So far, everything else I have done, I was able to do D&D &D on Sunday without issue and stream it. So I'm thinking I'm fantastic good. Fantastic session. Um, fantastic session. You died. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Trust me. I. <laughs> it was a good session. I just died. <laughs> um. You are very. I don't. I'm. I'm. I don't think it can be me at this point. But you are very pixelated. Why? There's a small chance it's there me. Is a there, there is a delay on your end, though. That's weird. I don't have. Yeah, oh. you got about. Five, I've got about five seconds of delay. I don't think I have anything special open that would cause a lot of delay. Hmm. I don't know. You got. Whenever I talk, I got about five seconds. Interesting. Um, all right. So anyway, I guess maybe that defeats the what I was about to say. But part of it is I am switching to T-Mobile. The article I happen to also find from my Google feed <laughs> in getting ready for podcast, T-Mobile is actually winning. The article says the 5G speed race is over and T-Mobile has won. Wow, okay. I have a chart with the 5G download speeds in megabytes per second from AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon. AT&T is in third place at 80. Verizon in second at 96.3. And T-Mobile wins at almost double that. Or no, more than double that. 195.5. Wow. So again, with D&D &D going as well as it did, I assumed I was golden. So I don't know, maybe... I don't think I've hit my 100 already. <gasps> I doubt that. But, um... Yeah, I think here. You just got it a couple of days ago. Yeah, and I haven't, like, updated my like PlayStation. Friday. Yeah. I'm assuming once I get, like, situated, I can probably check my account and stuff and 
because tomorrow I'm getting my phone and my watch, and then I'm going to, to go finish getting them set up at the store. Um, currently, I still have my phone with AT&T, um, and then on top of that, I will have 50 gigs hotspot on my phone as well. So, I mean, if need be, I will have that. Yeah. But, all right, you may now start with your music news, my sir. Okay. Um, well, there's a lot of death in music today. Mm. It's not funny at all, but it's just... Um, first things first. Uh, former, the original rhythm guitarist for Journey has died. Mmm, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, he died at the age of 76. Um, I don't know why he's disappeared. Uh, well, I guess then. Okay. I, I see what happened. Okay. Um, Yes, uh, Jer so Journey's guitarist um, died at the age of 76 uh, yesterday, I believe. Yep, yesterday. Um, uh, the only remaining original member of Journey put out a statement that just said, uh, fly, uh, fly high. Um, uh, he commented, RIP George, you will now fly with the angels. Um, and he shared like an old Journey video to kind of commemorate him. Um, so that happened. Also, um, the longtime drummer of a band that I've never heard of before, but I listened to a little bit when I was like looking at the story, and they were kind of cool. Um, uh, wave, wave, uh, woven hand. Okay. Um, which fantastic band. <laughs> okay. Um, he died yesterday. Uh, his name is Odie Garrison. Uh, Garrison. Um, he died at the age of um, 80, 86. It's just really old now. Um, there, so their statement, the reason I kind of brought this one up is their statement is really not fun, but like interesting. Because, like, you know, bands will always like, have a little statement about it. About it. Um, with hearts as heavy as the earth, we regret to inform that Odie Garrison passed away this morning of a heart attack on July 4th, 2023. There are no words to describe the pain. He was the light of my life, the beating of my heart, my best friend and my companion. My world, he leaves behind his loving wife, Kate, and his beloved son, Carlos. We love you both fiercely. We are heartbroken eternal. These are words. But there are no words. Uh, I don't know why. I just like I thought that statement was really <laughs> These are words, but there are no words. Yeah. Uh, we love you, Ori. Uh, with, without end, and then it's like the smiling bear emoji. In, uh, um. <laughs> so, uh, that happens. Um, Guns and Roses. We all know them too. Yeah. Um. Uh, Axel Rose took a tumble on stage. Mm -mm. Um, 
so it looks like it's during one of the songs he tripped over, uh, he like tripped over like a cord or something, and he com he did completely fall, and then he just kind of like pulls himself back up and just like acts like nothing at all happened. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Um. So yeah, he. Um, <clears throat> Um, yeah, I, I heard something about that boy. I hadn't actually watched the uh, video like that, so I thought it felt today. Um, but my favorite is just like he, he gets up and just like pretends like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't fall. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was one more that I had, and now there's not. Okay. Um, oh, yes, I remember now. Uh, so, uh, Lil, Lil Easy Vert, whoever that is, um, he Uzi did a song Vert. with, um, I want to say, with Sure. Um, he did a song, I don't know rap. Um, he did a song with uh, Bring Me the Horizon last week. Oh boy. Fantastic song. I loved it. I didn't think I would like it, but I loved it. Um, this week, he has graced the internet with his cover of Chop Suey. <laughs> what? By system of a down. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not good. I I listened to it yesterday. I don't even think I made it through the entire song. I was like, nope, incorrect. <laughs> um, it wasn't like he sang over it or like he did a collaboration. It was literally he tried to do a cover of it. Huh. Um. System of a Down has responded. Okay. <laughs> um, they said uh, covers are what uh, they said covers are what keeps music alive. That's all we're gonna say. <laughs> and the YouTube video of this is up to uh, five hundred thousand negative comments. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So. System of a Down is trying to take the high road. Yeah. The fans are not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is all I have today. Is just a lot of that's that's it. Nothing really, nothing really happening. Nothing's really releasing. Um, that's all I got. to video after our kerfuffle from last week, I do have some of my videos that I still wanted to attempt to play. Um, okay. So I have, That wasn't it. I, I feel like the podcast ended right there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Alright, so... Oh, my, uh, so, two, we'll do... Our, let's talk about L.A. Night first, because L.A. Night. Yeah! So, yeah, you know what? I'm going to try to skip some of these videos by going over, just talking about them. Uh, 2K23. 
L.A. Knight was literally did like all of the tracking for everybody's entrances, everybody's moves. Like he had like the, um, what's the word? Like the bodysuit or whatever, and the markers on him, and he did the tracking for almost all of 2K23. So that's pretty interesting. Huh. Can you imagine just like L.A. Knight, like, all right, go do Randy Orton's entrance. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's funny. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, so it is his game. Yeah. Um, I thought I had another... <laughs> that other LA Knight thing's not super important, so I'm not going to do that, actually. Um, maybe that was the He's only real tired. LA Knight thing I had. Uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, as of NXT mm -hmm. this, this week, yesterday. Uh, did you end up watching, by the way? Or, uh, no, I did not. I was going to watch it today, and then I realized... Okay. Uh, Baron Corbin, originally, we thought, brought back his lone wolf character. Turns out, because he still lost the match, as we mentioned, uh, he had a um, clip. Uh, I can't think of the word that I want to use. But he is done with gimmicks. Then, yeah. He literally burned his crown... He burned his Hawaiian shirt from uh, Happy Corbin. Like, he just burned all, literally, he said, uh, it's no more gimmicks, no nonsense, no bullcrap. Except he didn't say crap. Yeah! I burn all the ships. I can't go back. There's no going back. It's no more gimmicks, nonsense, no bullcrap. Yeah! So that's... He is also reported to be one of the safest stars to work with. I there's a the mm. audio is kind of crap because there's a song behind it that's really loud. But I do have a quick little clip of him um, saving Dolph Ziggler from a, what could have been a very very bad um, fall. So then he's—I think he—he he caught him midair to save him from falling, and uh, I think I'm—I'm I'm not the best with moves yet, but I think that was like a DDT or a version of a DDT of some kind. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of falls, did you see um, one of the video? One of the TikToks I sent you was the uh, Logan Paul talking about that spot on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I called you okay, about did, that. Did you have anything about that? Uh, no, I, I remember. I, I, the short answer is no, I don't. Okay. Um, so, to put it very, very quickly, uh, what was supposed to happen on Saturday, Saturday was Money in the Bank. Uh, it was Ricochet, I want to say, right? It was Ricochet, yep. yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was Ricochet and Logan Paul were supposed to do a uh, Spanish Fly which is uh, he would go over the top, like on the top rope, and they were supposed to go through the table. Uh, Shinsuke ended up slipping, and it looks really, really bad. Um, that looks really bad. It like, looked like somebody may, have, may or may not have gotten hurt. Um, did but, you say Shinsuke? Or Ricochet. Wow. I did say <laughs> Shinsuke. I meant Ricochet. Uh, <laughs> um, 
It's just like me. It's just like me with the tag team champions thinking the Usos are still tag team champions. Yeah. Um. No, Ricochet went. Um. Uh. They. They tried to save it and they just didn't save it and it didn't look pretty. Uh, thankfully, I think everybody's okay. Yeah. Uh, everybody. I should, yeah. Paul I was gonna say. Oh, said he scraped oh. his shoulder blade or something, but. Yeah. But um. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that just kind of, like, reminded me of, like, the fall thing. Um, I just, I felt like we should bring that up, that everybody's good, but it was not a pretty spot. It was, I'm sure it, like, looked cool on paper, what they were going to do. Yeah. But so I do have... This happened. Continue. No, that's, that was it. I was just thinking say accidents happened. Okay. Uh, as a continuation of that, it's not directly connected, but it is. Here's Santi. Logan Paul is about to help make the next great WWE main eventer. I really wish it was LA Knight, but it seems like the WWE has committed itself to Ricochet versus Logan Paul. And believe it or not, this is Ricochet's career make or break moment. Because depending on how he performs in this feud, this will determine whether he gets catapulted to the top of the main event or he continues to float around in the mid-card for the rest of his career. Because the WWE has made it abundantly clear, and there's plenty of evidence for it, that they are willing to push a WWE superstar to the top of the card so long as that person is able to carry and protect a mainstream celebrity through an excellent match. Let's look at the evidence just in recent history. Two months ago, Damian Priest was able to carry Bad Bunny at Backlash in Puerto Rico into having one of the most entertaining celebrity matches in WWE history. And here we are today, and Damian Priest is Mr. Money in the Bank and is just a stone's throw away from winning the world title. And then there's Sami Zayn, who had a phenomenal showing at Wrestle. WrestleMania 38 in a slapstick comedy match with Johnny Knoxville. And within just a couple of months, he found himself in a feud with Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and even joined the bloodline and headlined the next year's WrestleMania. Hell, let's keep this even more recent and just look at Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania 39. He was able to carry Logan Paul to an excellent match at WrestleMania, and within two months, he was rewarded with the World Heavyweight Championship. So the evidence is there. If you perform at a high level in these marquee celebrities, matches, the WWE will reward you with a push and all the roses in the world. So, Ricochet, are you ready for prime time? Jesus Christ, that's so fucking stupid. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Just for, for you, I'm assuming you could yeah, kind no. of assume, but he is holding a prime bottle. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's right. Like, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Like, wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't want Prime. I don't ever want Prime. No. Um, now this is one of the clips I was discussing I... with somebody. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, me. Okay. <laughs> this this delay. I'm sorry. Um. <clears throat> So uh, I was discussing with somebody yesterday about Logan Paul and like how I didn't want him to be good. Yeah. Um, and they were like, we were talking about, him, and they were like, "Well, is he actually like good?" And I'm like, "Yes, and he shouldn't be. And I don't want him to be, but he is." Right. Um. And because uh, because they're they're not a fan of wrestling, and so like like they know who Logan Paul is. Like they don't even watch their like his channel or anything. They're just like, "Oh yeah, I know who he is." But then we kind of got into the topic of like. Well, like, he's probably making them a crap ton of money, and they're probably making him a crap ton of money. But he's still, like, 
Unfortunately, he's good. <laughs> right. And I feel like he could have a big main event match at SummerSlam if he wanted to. But, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, so, for those, I mean, he's he has grown recent in very recent uh, months, even. Santi has become, like, the go-to, yeah. like, WWE uh, personality. I don't know if that's the right word to use or not either, but um, this is the clip I wanted, a clip I wanted to use last week. Um, and as of uh, Monday Night Raw, the something else we can back this clip that's about to play up with is Shayna Baszler. Yeah. My God. Dude, again, I wonder if they've had the ability to cut promos like these their entire career and they just haven't been utilized like that. Which makes me wonder who else in the WWE is like the Usos in 2012 where they just weren't being used for promos but are actually goddamn near top tier in the company. They're so good. Facial expressions, cadence, they make me care. These guys are main eventers, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Again, I don't know who else. I, I yeah, mean, you're there's right. probably other people that just don't get used for promos and could be amazing at it. Um, Gigi, I still cannot get over that promo that she cut before their big match. I want to say it was like even last year. Like it was before Mania. Because remember, I, was, I wanted to see like it was Gigi versus uh, what's her name? Uh, Gacy. Yeah, JC. Why did I say Gacy? Those are not the same people. Um, <laughs> doing great today. Everything's going to be fine. Um, yeah. yeah, but like that promo that she cut before that match, uh, just, I, it made me really want to watch the match. And again, like you and I were just like, it wasn't a great match, but that promo made me really want to watch it. And that's what promos are supposed to do. Right. Um, so... Uh, what what do I want to what do I want to? I think we're not gonna do that clip today. Let's do this very quick clip. For those who don't know, Adam Cole is a streamer, a gamer, and this is just a really short and really cool clip of him gaming the other day. Exactly. I missed. Double oh. kill. Two for one. Did we just two for one then? <laughs> <laughs> I love that pull. Yeah. Um He seems like he'd be like a loud streamer though. Like like he seems like he's like yelling all the time. I don't know why, but like maybe it's just like him, but like hearing him be like that quiet doing something. Yeah. Um So I vaguely have talked to you about this uh in phone call and in person or whatever. What are your thoughts on CM Punk? And in general like coming back and like, with what, uh, you know, like Seth Rollins has said about, you know, stay out of my business, you know, stay away from my company, 
whatever. It's, um, I am very, very torn about it because I love, I, I, I used to love CM Punk, I did. And there's still part of me that still really likes him as a competitor and as a performer. I don't like his, like, antics backstage because, like, again, like, we've heard so many stories about him. Him backstage and, like, how he's super difficult to work with. But uh, he's he's an asset to whatever company he's going to be in, regardless of anything. Because you think of wrestling, like, even, like, you know, just a few years ago, even when AEW started, like, everyone immediately was like, CM Punk is going to go to AEW. Like, he, he generates buzz, he generates business. Do I like his personality backstage? No. Do I like him as a competitor? Yeah. He's, he's good. He's, he's one of the best at it. Okay. So, I think this is one of the ones that you have heard that I attend... Or no, maybe you haven't heard this one. But this is one that I wanted to play last week. About Heyman talking about Sam. Okay. Okay. If you're in this business and you love this business, then everything is fair game. It just is. It, there's just nothing that's not fair game. It's just, it, you have to have an uninhibited attitude and an open mind. And if I have to go out there, hey, here's an example. CM Punk. Oh, let me ask you this. We did it here in Glasgow. How many of you were here at the show in Glasgow when I came out in a wheelchair and... Okay, not that many. Wow, and the rest of you came to see me anyway, so thank you very much. You didn't pay to see WWE ticket, but you came to see me. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. Um, for those of you who were there, tell the truth. He beat the fucking shit out of me with that stick, didn't he? I mean, he, and we were best friends. At least I thought we were best friends. Um, when I had a chance to beat his ass with that stick, trust me, I pulled nothing. I beat him as miserably as I possibly could, and when he had the stick in his hand, he beat my fucking ass as fucking ruthlessly as he possibly could. That's this business. You help each other out. You give to your friends. You give to people that you love. You give them ass kickings that they really don't want to take, but they take them anyway, because that's to the enjoyment of the crowd. Um, we had a situation in Chicago where Punk had walked out, and we're, we're heading into WrestleMania, and it's Brock versus The Undertaker. And there's a lot going on behind the scenes about that match as well as you can possibly imagine. And uh, the audience in Chicago is going to hijack the show, and they're very public about it. going to steal the show. going to stop down the show. going to chant CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk for the entire show. For three hours, we're going to chant CM Punk. We're not going to let them have a show. Anybody has a mic, we're going to Shout him down. We're gonna chant CM Punk's name. The moment the raw, the, the moment the raw music hits, we're gonna chant CM Punk. Gonna take over the show, and that was it. And everybody had to settle for that. Yes, the, the audience is gonna take over the show. There's not a goddamn thing we can do about it. And Vince is sitting there, and he's saying, "Well, that's that's the shits for me. God damn it, I don't like that." And of course, because it's always easy to blame the, the Jew boy from New York, um, <laughs> Vince looks at me and goes. See the trouble your friend causes? <laughs> so, you know, just always owning up to the challenge, I said, 
Well, if you want me to do something about it, give me the mic at the beginning of the show in about 15 minutes, and uh, I'll handle it. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I said, I'll handle it. So Vince said, yeah, you, you, can, you, you can shout them down, can't you? And I said, no, I'm not going to shout them down. I'll just outsmart them because they ain't going to see me coming. So I went out uh, into this passionate, angry, 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 angry Chicago crowd, pissed off that their guy, their hero, CM Punk, was no longer in the company. And I lured them in because that's the name of the game. That's how you play an audience. That's how you command attention. That's the balls that it takes to do something on the mic that you're fearless on. And if it doesn't work, you know you're going to be fired when you walk back through the curtain. And so instead of coming, because here's what they wanted me to do. Oh, yeah? CM Punk? Hey, CM Punk sucks. Hey, CM Punk. Yeah, he's not here. He quit. He's a coward. He's a dog. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, fuck CM Punk. Yeah, he doesn't, you shouldn't cheer for him anymore. And all that's going to make them do is chant his name more. So what did I do? I praised him. I'm here tonight to talk, tell you the story about a Paul Heyman guy. A Paul Heyman guy they didn't want in WWE. He wasn't big enough to be a WrestleMania main eventer. He didn't have the right looks. He had too many tattoos. They just didn't want him, and he became a star anyway. And I finally let them in on it. I'm here tonight to tell you the story of CM Punk. And just like all of you are leaning in now to listen to me, they listened to me. They stopped chanting CM Punk because they wanted to hear what I had to say. And once I knew that they were listening, I said, and it's time for somebody to stand up and assign blame for this as to why CM Punk's not here. Because as much as you want him here, I want him here. And they go, oh, man, thank God someone's telling the truth. And I say, and there comes a time to say exactly why and who's responsible for CM Punk not being here. And they think I'm going to say like Vince McMahon or Triple H or John Cena or Roman Reigns or somebody. And then I take and I just go, and that blame falls on each and every one of you. And those people in Chicago are like, you motherfucker. Now, they're booing me. They hate me. I suck. I'm the shit. I fuck you, Paul Heyman. But guess what they're not doing? They're not chanting CM Punk. I stopped them. I outsmarted them. And once I did that, I wrapped it up into the fact that you cheered him. You wanted him. You pushed him to take the match with The Undertaker. He couldn't beat The Undertaker. It made him lose his mind, which is why he lost me as his advocate and his best friend. And I want revenge on The Undertaker. And only one man can take revenge on The Undertaker. And that's the man that's going to take revenge on The Undertaker by taking away The Undertaker's streak. And that's my client, Brock. Lesnar, and here comes Brock Lesnar, and instead of cheating CM Punk, they're going, well, fuck you too!
<laughs> and that is why he is a Yep. Very much agreed. That right there. And I think I, um, I don't think I've ever actually said it out on the podcast. I know I talked to you about it yeah, two days ago. I used to not be able to stand yeah. Paul Heyman. I couldn't wonder. Yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> Over his I think I think it kind of started with uh when he started being nice to Sammy when Sammy started in the bloodline. Not obviously the little parts when he wasn't nice to Sammy, but that's when I started to like him. And then, you know, just some of his, um, I guess his mic work started to grow on me. I feel like there's sometimes where he's a bit extreme when it comes to like, quote unquote, being sweet on Roman. It's a bit weird sometimes, but. I've, I've always loved Paul Heyman. It doesn't, like, I, I've just always loved Paul Heyman. He's always been, like, one of the best on the mic. And, like, oh. Especially that volcano. So he did a volcano promo about how I want to say it was, like, Brock Lesnar's, like, an active volcano or something. <laughs> it turned into, like, five minutes of him just screaming about a volcano. <laughs> it was the most random thing ever. It started out fine. <laughs> He just like kind of got like out of like out of his own head for a second. He started yelling about a volcano. <laughs> do well, you? It's great. Do you have any idea who? I can't remember his first name. Uh, last name Harloff used to be in WWE. Harloff, no. He's got a podcast. Um. Anyway, okay. we talked about his interaction with The Rock. Um, on his podcast. So there's a clip of me when I worked for WWE that Shane was like, hey, do you want to do a scene with The Rock? You knew? The Rock. And then this big party. He's like, hey, you worked with The Rock? He's like, yeah, I did. He's like, you want to talk to him? Like, hey, sure, why not? He's like, this guy's in the city of WWE. He's like, hey, you still work for Yeah, and I told him the whole scene and everything, too. And he's happy. We talked about it. It was, it was a while. We're both there to the end of the party. And it's like, Christian Harloff. Accurate. I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, okay. I don't know who that is. I, I wonder what his like stage name was or if that was it. Because I don't remember that, but Yeah. Alright. My last I rest. figured out or I Go ahead. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, I was gonna say I figured out LA Knight's uh was uh, Eli Drake. Yep, yep. I had I no know. idea they were the same person. Yep. I I saw that yesterday, I think, and I was like, What oh, that's how I know his voice so well. <laughs> oh, that also reminds me there's uh um uh, Drake Maverick. I saw a clip of him. I thought when I, it was on my TikTok, I thought it was a more recent clip, but it turned out it was from a while back before he was in WWE, from back when he was in Impact. I got excited for a second seeing him in Impact. Mm. Like, oh, I got to start watching Impact now because I loved Drake Maverick, but nope, it was an old clip. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right, so I got one last wrestling clip. It's actually two in one. I could have cut it, but I feel like they're both interesting. 
The first one is the more interesting one, though. Um, apparently, you don't necessarily get to pick your entrance music in WWE, in, uh, even in a little bit. I also thought that you had one of the best entrance themes at the time. It's so good! I don't love it. Really? Oh, and it's the saddest thing, because if people bring up the Undertaker thing first, yep. they bring up my music second most. And that's no joke. Everyone loves it but me. And I feel bad because the band, the, the band is great. It's a good song. It's just not the song I would have picked for me to come Why out would to. You have picked? When I was growing up and thinking of myself late at, late at night, that's not the entrance theme I had in my mind. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. You know the heart. Listen to I do. It wasn't me. No matter what we talk about during this interview, John, the number one comment will guaranteed be, why is he talking to a blank background right now? It's, Does that joke ever get old? It's, no, not at all. I, I somehow, through almost two decades of involvement with the WWE, have genuinely developed a superpower. I'm invisible, bro. Like, that's pretty, that's pretty decent. <laughs> so, two things. One, who is the first guy? Because I cannot think of his. Like they say, he's not this music, but I can't figure out who it is. Thank you. I was like, I know it, but I can't think of it. I thought I was um, sort of wondering if you were going to get it based on off, that little bit of the song that he hummed or whatever. I was trying to. I, I knew, like, like as soon as like they started, I was like, I know that song, but I cannot tell who that is. <laughs> um. That, with the John Cena thing, I have been watching uh, WWE uh, Ruthless Aggression on okay. Peacock, um, which is their uh, series about the uh, early 2000s uh, when I really started watching wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, John Cena has his own freak show episode because, of course, he does. Yeah, fair enough. And I never, I never knew. Like, I, I feel like I did know, but, like, when he won the championship, uh, everyone, like, like, JBL, Michael Cole, like, Vince, like, everybody on the show was just, like, he didn't stop. Like, it, like if he was tired, like, you had no idea that he was tired, and, like, he did, like, he still wrestled, like, four or five times a week. He did, like, all the media, he did, like, he was shooting a movie or something at the same time, like, like, he was doing all the Michael Cole stuff, and, like, I, but that kind of hit me with like how hard he worked at that time. Mm -hmm. Which is insane, because you know I'm not the biggest Cena fan, but like I'm slowly, it's, it's slowly happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But now, that was, that was a really good episode, actually. I have one more wrestling article. Okay. However, I did call you before before the podcast and told you how asked you how you would feel about possibly crying on the podcast. Oh, I'm man, I don't have much water left. I'm ready. Okay. Why Kevin Owens doesn't want to win the Intercontinental title again. Oh no. Okay. During an interview with Spencer Love, he <laughs> learned or made the revelation while being informed is how the article words it. Owen Hart, just like him, has held the title on two occasions for a combined 132 days. They both share the exact same number. 
Oh, dang. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> so he said, uh, it means dang. a lot. It's funny because I'd love to win, to win the inter Intercontinental Championship back, but I don't want to break that similarity with Owen. I want to share that with Owen, you know? So it's really a conflicting feeling, but it's really cool to have that for sure. That's that's it. That's crazy. Like that's like a once in a lifetime thing to like hold it like the exact number of days, the exact life. Like oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, other story. It's gonna hit. Not gonna lie. I got a some couple of food things. McDonald's menu. I like food. Mm-hmm. They are going to be adding jalapenos to their breakfast stuff. Jalapenos! Cheesy jalapeno sausage McMuffin with egg. Cheesy jalapeno sausage McMuffin with egg and cheese. Ooh. Cheesy jalapeno sausage McMuffin. Ooh. Cheesy jalapeno sausage egg and Just they're adding jalapeno to all their stuff to be get, become a little spicier. To give a kickstart to your morning. Monster has decided oh, no. they want to up themselves and be a little bit closer in competition with Coke and Pepsi. Okay. Originally, Pepsi, or give me a second. Uh, yes, Pepsi was trying to buy Bang Energy. However, they ended up leaving that. Mm -hmm. Monster has now officially bought Bang Energy. Oh, jeez, okay. So, full disclosure, I didn't realize that Monster was its own brand. Like, I thought somebody else kind of owned Monster. I didn't realize Monster was its own thing. Mmm. Uh, I believe the article did say Coke owns a part of Monster. I don't know how much and to what extent, but I, mm -hmm. it doesn't say that they've bought Monster. So, Coke is kind of by is Monster, but not. Like, okay, there's Crash. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's okay, you got Crash fireworks. <laughs> I don't hear fireworks at all. They, uh, they stopped a second ago. Subway has some big news as well. They... Oh, is this what I think it is? They're getting a new slicer, and so they're going to have more fresh meat... So because of it, they're coming out with a new sandwich called The Beast, which is going to have pepperoni, salami, turkey, ham, and roast beef. Oh my good lord, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in trying that. Which, if I've ever heard one. Have you seen the uh, what Subway did on their uh, billboards yet? I have not, but hang on, there's one more part that's in this um, article. Oh, go ahead. Subway yep. is also up for sale. I'm going to buy Subway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on the Imagine if I just like, call you tomorrow like, hey, man, I'll Subway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's going to buy Subway? I, I'd... 
Coke or Pepsi, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> That'd be. Huh. Okay. Um. Well. So the uh, subway billboard. Um. Uh. They put up. Um. I, I didn't really read this. Like I saw a video on it, so I don't, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but they had a, a billboard panel that says, uh, "Our subs don't implode." Oh yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> that wasn't a billboard. That was just like one of those uh, <laughs> things in front of one of the shops. Like yeah. It was just one store. Yeah. They got they got in trouble um, for it, but everybody's like, "Oh, I'm going to that subway." They yeah. didn't support. Yeah. I saw that, um, I saw that today, and I was like, oh, no, you can't say that. Yeah. Oh. As clever as it was, you can't say that. Right. Uh, okay, so, um, this, without going into detail, this actually might directly affect you. Okay. A New York Post article that came out yesterday rocked the internet. Mamma Mia! New York City rules crack down on coal. Wood-fired pizzerias must cut carbon emissions up to 75%. I don't wish this on my worst enemy. Somebody commented and said, I'll take two global warmings just to keep pizza pizza. Pizza pizza. The people have also demonstrated. This happened yesterday in New York City. This is outside City Hall. The woke-ass idiots who run this city are doing everything in their power to destroy it. We have the most violent, raging crime rate ever. We are being invaded by illegal immigrants. If you guys did not know, in New York City, the government asked if New Yorkers would be willing to let refugees and let illegal immigrants live with them. No, 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 no! You heard of the Boston Tea Party? Well, this is the Boston, New York, this is the New York Pizza Party. Give us pizza or give us death. Excellent. Yes. Here we go. All right, get excited. He's got a box of pizza. This is going straight to City Hall. Give us pizza or give us death. Now, under that video, somebody commented and said the New York City Pizza Party of 2023. They didn't want a fusion third party, but they will get it. Everybody loves New York City pizza. Democrats, Republicans, and even libertarians who fight with everyone will vote against any politician threatening our state and city food. This is the issue that will bring us all together because everybody loves pizza. People have also TikToked in addition to tweeting and publicly demonstrating. If y'all come for the pizza, that's where I draw the line. I will start a, I don't, I don't know. Militia, once you come for the pizza, that's when it gets serious. Somebody commented under Jack's video and said, first cattle, now pizza. Somebody else said, New York City is competing with San Francisco on the worst city in the country. Facts. <laughs> now, they are not outright banning these wood-fired and coal-fired ovens, you know, suddenly, but they are finally enforcing a 2015 policy that required these restaurants with coal and wood-fired ovens to get an air filter to help with smoke and pollution. New York Post wrote about that, and they said, all New Yorkers deserve to breathe healthy air, and wood and coal-fired stoves are among the largest contributors of harmful pollutants in neighborhoods of poor air quality. Really? Really? That's what's causing it? And Dave Portnoy, aka the king of pizza reviews, sums up my feelings very well. Apparently, in New York City, some little liberal arts, Ivy League, pink-haired, crazy liberal who never worked one day in the real world is on an environmental commission. And they woke up from their little nappy poo, wherever that may be, 
like I figured out how to save the world today. We have to get rid of coal oven pizzerias <laughs> in New York City. You know what? Pizzerias use coal ovens all the best. And he would know. And I am proud to say that I am officially part of the 2023 pizza party. Thank you very much. Me too. <laughs> Why? You're right. Like that does un. Like that does. It may affect me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Why? That is so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like. I, mean, I don't know if the I don't... law or policy or whatever is just for New York where they did it in 2015, or if that's everywhere. Right. But. Yeah, I don't know, but I feel like if it's in New York, it's going to start moving, maybe, if it goes anywhere. Let's and then they'll be like, oh, well, we can't. Our part of the world for a second. Okay. Have you heard about what happened where in South Korea? No. It's very, very weird. I didn't even know this was a thing. Everyone in South Korea will become one or two years younger today as the country scraps its ancient age counting system. In the Korean age system, a baby is already one when it's born and then everyone gains another year on January 1st. That means a baby born on New Year's Eve will turn two on the second day of its life. But things like school admission, military service, and buying alcohol are governed by another system called the counting age. Where a baby is born at zero, but still gains another year on January 1st. Sounds confusing? Well, that's why the country will now start using the international standard system, where you're born at zero and then gain another year on your birthday. So anyone already born in South Korea will get younger by one year, or possibly two. And the legal drinking age will change from 20 to 19, so that anyone already entitled to drink alcohol is still lose. That is confusing. Right? I didn't know they had different age systems. So I feel like I've heard that, but like I never understood it, and I don't, still don't think I do. <laughs> but that's weird. Right. Don't be two years younger. I don't want to turn 30. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm, 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 I'm on board with that. Did you know... Yeah. You know what? Let's just not. Brought back the Game Show Network? No. Game Show Network is back. My it was brain... gone? Yeah. I don't know when it left. <laughs> I just know that I stopped seeing it or any of the shows that were on it. However, apparently they brought it back, and my uh, grandmother's been watching it, and a clip showed up on my TikTok from a show that was on there that I didn't also didn't even know about, but it features someone that is the main reason I started watching The Flash in the first place as the host. $75, a C, an H, and now an O. I'm gonna say chocolate. Is the answer chocolate? Yes! It is indeed. Now the reason you crave chocolate is because it's chocolate. Roxana, where would you like to go on the board? I would like to go for $10. For $10, there's an I on the board, a C on the board, and another C. Why do I crave ice cream? 
Okay, is the answer ice cream? Indeed it is. And the reason you crave ice cream is because it's ice cream. Yes! Eric, there's only one place to go. The $25 answer, there's a P on the board. Eric, let's give you an added I. Uh, let's go with pickles. For $25 and the $100 bonus is the answer pickles. Yeah! Shopping friend, you've cleared the board. Let's add an extra $100 to your total, giving you a total of $360. Well done. So I know... Interesting. I doubt you recognize the voice. You recognize the voice? No. That is Tom Cavanaugh. He was... He's, uh... Uh, uh, uh... Played the big bad, uh, Eobard Thawne and Harrison, any of the Harrison Wells. Um, and then he was in Santa Claus in um, uh, Snow Globe. No, not Snow Globe. Snow. Just the Christmas movie Snow and Snow mm. 2. Uh, okay. Okay, 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 okay. I'm pretty sure he's got five. That's a great second. I got things, you now. But... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Actually, I learned of a new game show today. Okay. Um, it's called The Chamber. Have you ever seen it or heard about it? Nope. So essentially, I guess what it was is uh, if you answered, uh, like if you got questions right or whatever, you'd go into the chamber and it could either be like a hot or a cold chamber that could get up to 170 degrees or negative 20 degrees. What the heck? Um, and, and yeah, and like, they would just like progressively just like, like, uh, if you were in the cold chamber, they'd shoot you with like water, and then like if you were in the heat chamber, they'd like move your chair around and like simulate earthquakes and stuff. And like you had to answer questions while like under all of that duress. It only aired like three episodes, and they're like, no, actually. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not... We can't... What? <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I want to find the three episodes and see. Apparently, in the episodes that weren't aired, there was, like, an insect chamber that they didn't get to play with. Hmm. They would, like, drop oxygen levels. Like, it was insane. What? Yeah... That you probably had to have easily. I think the most you could win, like a waiver. Yeah, yeah, easy. I think it was like the most you could win was like a hundred or a hundred thousand dollars. I was like, that's not worth it. No, probably not. <laughs> um. But yeah, think about that game show today. I kind of want to see it. Like, I don't want to watch it. So. Do you remember a few hundred episodes ago, even though we were only on episode 38, mm -hmm. um, we mentioned right. the, open, <laughs> the open gaming license that D&D was going to come out with. And then the backlash yes. that they got for that. Yes. So then they backtracked it and they're like, yeah, nope, and we'll even give you this as a freebie too. So because of that, other companies still freaked out and they're like oh we can't trust them so apparently okay. Pathfinders came out with their own open gaming license just to say 
Screw you, okay. Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. I'm not going to go over the whole thing. However, I would like to point out this one part quote from it that they literally is in there just to say, screw you, Wizards of the Coast. Because Wizards of the Coast, when they came out with theirs, was gonna they, they basically were saying that even though something was covered back then, it is no longer covered with the new one and whatever. So what they Pathfinders put in theirs, once something is released under the license, it's covered by it forever. Mm. Okay. So that's pretty uh, pretty nice. Yeah, that would, that would be it for you guys. Yeah. Forever, that's amazing. Um, so my plan... I know you said you wanted to get to bed or whatever, but my plan is partially because I had clips to make up for last week. Um, I did want to maybe yep. go to like our hour and a half like we normally we have been doing. Yeah. I don't know if you did look into it like you had said, but and I do have other things I might still get back to get back on. Uh, but I had said at the end of last week's episode that I wanted to talk this week about Anthony Johnson. Oh, I forgot to look into it. So I'm going to prereq... Pre that's not the word I'm looking for. Preface, maybe, with this clip I do have that's not related, but it is. The flag stands for us as a group of people being united and being with each other in a time of need. This country is built on slaves, which means slaves This country. The flag means everything to me. It means life, it means freedom, it also means unity, and it means love. Super, yeah. It's why you should go to Daily Wire Plus because we will have kids' content that um, is not perfect. But yes, Disney has completely wrecked itself. By the way, not just on world politics like this, but I mean, remember that time when Britney Spears was like a cute kid on Mickey Mouse Club and so was Justin Timberlake and so was Christina Aguilera? Remember that time? <laughs> Accurate. So the, the clips with the flag was from Disney Channel back in the day. Uh, and then, you know, now with the new Proud Family is what the other clip was from. So, Anthony Johnson is a famous slave-slash-slave uh, slave owner from the 1600s. Um, he, court records in 1641 indicate that Anthony was a master to a black servant, John Castor. Um, so he had, so he did, he had a black slave himself. I don't know the proper terminology that, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, um, politically correct. Yes. Thank you. I don't know the politically correct term, so I'm just going to be a matter of fact about it. Um, cause I mean, that is what this just said, master to a black servant. Um, however, he had three other servants that were white. Um, so, you know, with this, and that was kind of, I vaguely think I mentioned, you know, about um, Juneteenth. 
Um, I think that was three episodes or something ago. But, uh, I, oh no, that was, yeah. that was last week. Um, That's, yeah, I was, gonna, I was just, you know, I was like, that was last week. Um, but yeah, so like, there have been, and other things that mention that I have up, um, uh, that there actually were white slaves as well. I don't know how, you know, numbers in comparison, but between uh, 1530 and 1780, what? I just, I just said I don't think it says high. Right. Uh, between 1530 and 1780, there were almost certainly 1 million and quite possibly as many as 1.25 million white European Christians enslaved by the Muslims of the Barbary Coast. So that's even just there. So that's not even including, um, you know, like the ones that um, Anthony Johnson did as well. And then I have another article. I, I, I could, um, this is from the Historical Society of Pennsylvania. This specific article, article words, um, was from 2011. Um, and it details four people who were white slaves... And it says at the bottom of the article, such accounts, like so many other topics included within this blog, may be found here within the collections of the Historical Society of Pennsylvania. So there's, they've got multiple accounts on their website of people who were white slaves. So the reparations uh-huh. and, you know, Juneteenth is, I mean, if it was, again, celebrated for the right reasons and, you know, added as a actual national holiday for the right reasons... Maybe. But, you know, the reasons with, with which under it was added, I think I messed that up, but is not good, not right. Um, and, you know, for these liberals, I guess I'm going to say it that way, the liberals who want, you know, reparations for, you know, us having them as slaves or our ancestors having their ancestors as slaves... Okay, what about our ancestors? I mean, you know, again, there's just in that one example, they said at least one million just by the Muslims. So I'm not saying that, I guess, you know, in that case, they owned the white slaves, but that's just, again, the one example. So, Mm -hmm. because one of uh, these examples, without reading the whole thing, um, let me find the one. She was found on a train... Or a bus or something. Give me a second. Um, it was stated how a man from Natchez was on a steamboat. That's what it was. On his way to Greenville, Mississippi, when he noticed a young girl aged about 9 or 10 years with black hair and yellowish-brown skin. Uh, he was told she belonged to a gentleman on board who was taking her to New Orleans to be sold for $160. Talking to the young girl alone... The passenger was informed by the girl, quote, she was an orphan and had been taken from an asylum in New York and that her hair had been light originally, but her master had a barber dye her hair black and also put some yellow dye on her skin. And then so it says later that uh, after giving her soap and water, the dye and the light hair and light complexion were brought to light. Yeah. So I just... When, when was this, did you say? Or did... Um, that one in particular is... 
reprinted article. It got reprinted in 1860 in the Philadelphia Public Ledger. Okay. Um, this does not okay. say when the actual case took place. You might be able to find it if you went and find the article. Um, yeah, I might, I might do that because I'm curious. The article is called Painting a White Girl to Make Her a Slave. Okay. Well, like, even today, there's still, like, slavery in other countries. Like, like everyone's, you know, everyone, like, I, I feel like the human race in general is okay with owning another human being. <laughs> like, not here necessarily, but, like, right. there, there's, there's other countries that, like, still have every single race as slaves. Like, there's no, there's no discrimination there. <laughs> right. I feel like. Um, but so that that's my short like, version I, of getting into it is you know there's uh, the, like there's countries that I can't go to because I would a thousand percent either A be killed or be taken into slavery <laughs> yeah just because I'm blind like it's a thing you know <laughs> yeah um so uh I guess we'll wrap that part up, I guess. In a semi-connected thing, though, Chuck Norris. Why are you a conservative? Well, I used to be a Democrat. But, unfortunately, the Democrats went too far to the left, and the, and, uh, and the Republicans moved into their position that the Democrats were 40 years ago. And so, the, what the Democrats believed 40 years ago, the Republicans believe today. And so I realized that I had to go to a Republican because the Democrats just got too far off, off, the, off the trail. They just got completely off the trail and lost all reality of what America stood for. And so I realized that Republicans at this point in time are more focused on what is best for America than uh, what the Democrats are. Actually, our pastor agrees with you. He says that he's technically a classical liberal, uh, but which basically means he's uh, what is today a conservative. Yeah, right. Well, uh, 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 President Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy today would be a Republican, because then, uh, then you know, the Democrats were more what the Republicans were today. And unfortunately, they lost their way. They lost their way. And so now we're Republicans. <laughs> Exactly right. Like I used to be, I, I did used to be a Democrat, and so did you. Yeah. But well, yeah. I don't think that was. Too far. I don't think that was in the same way though, because I used to actually be, uh, you know, without trying. I'm not trying to necessarily create. Um, crash. Go lay down. Go lay down. Um, controversy per se, um, but you know my 
I was a very big supporter of, you know, electing Obama just because of his color, because, you know, who wouldn't want a black president? Um, you know, it would be a great thing for history. I didn't care about any of his policies. Um, you know, same with, uh, you know, LGBT, all that. You know, I was just blindly supporting, and if anybody said anything in the other way, I just yelled at them like, well, why aren't you nice? Like, I literally did that to my ex-girl, you know, yeah. ex-girlfriend. I'm like, I don't understand this. You're a Christian. How are you not, you know, nice to these people? But I've, you know, done my mm -hmm. research. I found my way. Research rather than just yelling, you know. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the way, man. Which also brings me to the last things I would really like to talk about. I do have, again, I still think we should go to the full hour and a half at that point. Um, but my last big thing I wanted to talk about, um, which I we sort of discussed last night. I don't know how much of it you remember. Um, I remember night. Okay, so the idea of you know the liberals canceling versus um, you know conservative Republicans boycotting. We yep. have two, well, one that's officially on the list now and one that's unofficially on the list. The one that I'm unofficially putting on the list yeah. is Jackbox Games. Yeah, and I've, I've thought about it since last night, like, and I'm, I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like, I know, like, even last night I said here, but I was like, I was going to look into it, but, um, no, like, like, thinking about it more today, I was like, yeah, no, he's a thousand percent right. <laughs> yeah. The one that officially is on the list now with everybody via this article I found is Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Oh, but I like Ben and Jerry, okay? <laughs> they posted, uh, I believe, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, da, 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 uh, Twitter, on Twitter. Um, okay. da, 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 da. Let me just go scroll. Okay. This 4th of July, it's high time we recognize that the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning, returning it. Learn more and take action now. And they have a, like a picture that says the United States was founded on stolen indigenous land. Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, so people, someone said, uh, give all or give all your property and land back to the Native Americans right now, then, or shut up. Uh, some of the other yeah. comments we have. Yeah. Um, the company wrote, uh, I guess, uh, oh, they linked it to, yeah, they linked it to a blog. Um, they said they should start with Mount Rushmore. Excuse me, Mount Rushmore. Um, mm. They also then said, Ah, the 4th of July. Who doesn't love a good parade? Some tasty barbecue and a stirring fireworks display. The only problem with all that, though, is that it can distract from an essential truth about this nation's birth. The U.S. was founded on stolen indigenous land. Which is true. Yeah. So, singer-songwriter John they, Rich they're, they're wrote, uh, Make Ben and Jerry's Bud Light again. Uh, Ron DeSantis sim responded simply, <laughs> which I did not look into this. Oh, Jeremy Redfern, the press secretary for Ron DeSantis, responded, no, it doesn't. So I, did, I have not looked into that. I don't know all the details on it, but... 
Another Twitter user said, Long overdue for the Bud Light treatment. You hate the country? Fine. We won't buy your product. All good. Uh, Catherine yeah. Bro- Bro- Brodsky. Uh, I don't know who she is, but she's got a blue check mark. Sounds good. Let's start with giving away Ben and Jerry's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Accurate. Um, this one's my favorite one that I found. I look forward to the virtue signaling Ben and Jerry's returning their factory's land to the, I'm sorry, I apologize for this, I will probably butcher this, Abnaki and Mohican Native Americans that lived in Vermont for 10,000 years. Yeah. So that, yeah. I mean, if you really want to give it back. Right. Well, because again, like, like, they're not wrong, we did steal this land technically. Okay. But, like, you know, I, I feel like we've done... You know, like we've—I—I I, I don't know. We've made our—we paid our dues, and we've I, I, like apologized yeah, for it or dues, whatever needs to be done, kind of thing. Yeah, we, we have. We, yep, we have. Um, like we've done all that. We 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 can't give it back at this point. At this point, if if we give it back, we just be like all right, everybody move because they're not going to have us here. You know. Right. <laughs> um. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ben and Jerry's has some good ice cream, though. Will right. I support them? No, no. That this has I've, happened. I've never, I've never really liked Ben and Jerry's. Like, I think I probably had it when I was a kid, or if that's what my mom and dad brought home. But like, I've never myself bought Ben yeah. and Jerry's. I don't think. Yeah. That's yeah. good, but not worth that. <laughs> so, with another fifteen minutes left to go, how many extra clips do I have? that I've been needing to get cut out. One, two, three, four. Oh, this, okay, yeah, let's do, okay, so this one's a quick one. Um, it's about, it's um, the guy who was the gym coach on the Goldbergs in a podcast. Okay. You want to hear a really wild stat, though? Yeah. We are the, at 193 countries, I believe, we are number three in gun violence. Mm. Okay? But if you were to take the five cities where there is the most gun violence, Chicago, Philly, I think Houston, Chicago, Philly, Detroit, I don't know if it's L.A., but I think yeah, it is. Yeah, just share Yeah. All right. So it's all, all these cities, if you take out the cities with the, and they all have the strictest gun control. Mm. So it's St. Louis. Detroit, it's Chicago, it's Philadelphia, and I think it's Los Angeles. And they have the strongest, the very, very tight gun rules. Keep in mind, they are blue, I'm just saying, not, you know, but if you're going to take them out of the equation, we would not be the third, we would be the 189th. That's pretty significant. Wow. <laughs> that kind of blew my, that stack kind of blew my mind, not going to lie. Right? Dang. Yeah. Okay. Calm down, Detroit. So this <laughs> might... It's a short clip, but the discussion might take the rest of the time because this is the one thing that you have said as a Christian conservative Republican that you're still on the fence about. This... Like, I have been okay. on the fence about it, but this helped... Like, I don't want to say solidified it, but made me go even a step farther. So if this doesn't... Okay. Solidify it for you, I will be genuinely surprised. 
Okay. There, there's pregnancies that actually cause complications to the mother. So do you believe in all abortions are bad? Like, you can't have any abortions no matter what the case. Yeah, because abortion is never medically necessary to save mom's life. Yeah. I have never met a single OBGYN in my entire life who's told me that they had to perform the abortion to save mom's life. Here's why. If mom is in a high, dangerous risk pregnancy, a tubal pregnancy or an ectopic pregnancy, um, in a tubal or ectopic pregnancy, the baby implants in the fallopian tube. You know this, right? And so as the baby begins to develop, the fallopian tube will burst, mom bleeds out internally, mom and baby die. So, so you actually have to do something in that circumstance, because if you don't do anything, how many people die? Two. Good. Well, you just acknowledge it was a person. <laughs> gotcha. So um, you have to perform a salpingectomy or a salpingostomy. You either create a small incision in the fallopian tube and you remove the fetus, or if you can't do that, you, you remove mom's entire fallopian tube, leaving her with one. But isn't it interesting? They don't call it an abortion. They call it a salpingectomy or a salpingostomy. There's actually different surgical language and terms they use to describe the procedure because it's not an abortion. Now, let's say there is another high-risk pregnancy. Maybe she's going to die if the pregnancy continues and the, and the baby's actually in the uterus. It's actually more dangerous to mom's health and life to, to shove a suction vacuum tube or forceps up her birth canal than it is to just induce early labor and deliver the baby. You don't kill the baby through an abortion. You deliver the baby with Pitocin and induce early labor or you perform a C-section. That's safer for mom. Isn't that what pro-choicers should want? Is to actually do the safest thing for mom even if they don't care for the baby. Okay, fair enough. Right? I didn't know there were different terms for yes. those surgeries. No, I didn't either. That's very interesting to learn. I didn't either. I'm getting... Yeah, I'm going to look more into that. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I do, no do want to look into the, uh, you know, what he said about, you know, not, you know, the, the second part about, you know, C-section or, you know, inducing labor being a better option in, you know, yeah. that no uh, OBGYN has said that, you know, there's something more dangerous for the mother. Necessary. That yeah, I, 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 I want to look at the stats. Yeah. Huh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna talk to you about that off-podcast at some point by tomorrow, because now I'm, I'm going to look into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's see. We got three, four clips left that I've had holding in uh, reserve. Let's do this uh, clip about okay. Big Show. Actually, that's okay. a good question before I play the clip. And it's, I feel like different people would have a different answer. But being that it is a clip from WWE, would I refer to him as Big Show? Or should I still refer to him as Paul White? What would be the proper thing to do? Since it's from WWE, you can say, I, I, I just know him as Big Show, honestly. Okay. I always forget that he's Paul White. Because, like, I've done the same the thing with, with like, even when I was uh, supportive of my brother, I still, like, called him, you know, if I'm referring to the past, I always said, Zach. You know, when Zach did this, you know, same thing, like, I've never necessarily had to refer to something. Right. You know, I do like to refer to myself in the third person, but I've never done it in talking about myself in the past. But I probably, you know, you know, when Ricky did yeah. that... Mm -hmm. All right, but yeah. all right, so here's the clip of Big Show. So I guess what, you mentioned sitting on the bench for, for a long time. What was kind of the final straw for you to leave? Because it's hard to leave that environment. Well, 
as you know. The, the, the writing on the wall when I figured I couldn't change anything in WWE was about five years ago. I got a speech that I was told I would never main event at WrestleMania again. I would never main event at pay-per-view again. And I would only be used to get over NXT talent because, you know, they got to think about the future of the business. You actually were told that. I was told that to my face, yeah. Not by Vince, but by somebody in the organization that, you know, pretty high up. A higher up powers that be is basically telling you. Are they telling you this matter-of-factly? Are they telling Yeah, you pretty matter-of-fact. Like, you know, this is it, you know. Because at the time, five years ago, there weren't any options. You know, so they felt because I was very frustrated about positioning and I felt a little bit handcuffed a little bit because I couldn't help like I wanted to help. Right. You know, and then it was like, you know, like, what's going on? You guys are not letting me contribute like I can contribute. You know, you're, you're kind of handcuffing me a little bit. And uh, so then I had that meeting and I was told why, you know, I just that was that. So that was the start of me really realizing that. Okay, and believe it or not, I was still so company-oriented and company-driven that I thought, you know what, I'll take this challenge and I'll work my way out of it. You know, cream always rises to the top mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then foolish me, you know, the harder I worked, it didn't matter. They thanked me for the hard work, you know, they paid me. But there was nothing that I could do that would change their minds at that point. You know? now, now, why do you think that is? Because let, let me just say this, not just because you're here, but definitely one of the best big men of all time. Thank you. I, 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 I say it all the time, my favorite tag team partner. Mine too. I love uh, you too. Thank you. But but like a, like, a, like a motivated big show is dangerous with your uh, matches with Brock and matches with like every time you the every time the ball was given to you. All right, yeah, I just paused that because that is not working well on our end. So I don't know what's going on all of a sudden, but. Yeah, I was just about to come back on and say it was. It started, then it's. Yeah. Uh... I didn't know that, though. Oh, can I do. I can do this in the future? That might be a better idea. Let's go. All right. Um, but... What? I can make it so it, rather than taking over the screen and making us small, I can make the videos even even size with us. Oh, that's cool. Um, all right, so let's see. Yeah, we got about seven minutes left. Let's uh, this. Uh, I know we've done something similar on the podcast before. Here's a video, short video on the media and Trump. You dissected the case in which President Trump, then candidate, was accused of mocking a reporter who had a disability. And now the poor guy, you got to see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. I found 10 separate occasions in which Donald Trump made fun of people, both before the incident and after the incident, by shaking and moving around. People who weren't disabled. People who were not disabled. When you see the president of the bank, I mentioned the word regulated. Uh, what do you think about ISIS? Oh, ISIS is very tough. 
Well, how did you get it? Uh, well, uh, they were sent by Russia. They said, Senator Cruz, what do you think of waterboarding? Uh, the media took an image, a moment in which Donald Trump's right hand happened to be bent at the wrist. They froze it, they compared it to the hand of a reporter that has hard-filled glycosis, and they acted that he was doing a stunning spot-on imitation where that's not what he was doing, and that's what he said he wasn't doing. So again, you can like him or dislike him, but um, you have to be fair. Part of the problems with media at this point is like they're both like both sides i'll admit are like just so they, they go their way and then it's like oh well you're wrong about it and you know like when stuff like this actually comes out that's when you know everyone's like well that's not what they did you know it's just a whole big fight about it at this point right all right well like regardless of what side you're on you through yeah the we're five minutes early, but apparently the videos are getting worse. I don't know what's going on with my hopefully I thought good new internet. Maybe Riverside is just a lot of internet for it to take. But again, I'm, I don't know. It was working with D and D when my old internet didn't work with D and D, and now we're having issues with this. So I don't know what it is. Hopefully right. I'll get it figured out tomorrow after I get my new phone and stuff. Um. Maybe I'll ask them while I'm there, like, hey, did I already go over 100? Which I almost guarantee I didn't. But, uh... Yeah. So, I guess I will, uh... I think we are... I don't want to... Well, I'm not going to say it, because I don't know for sure. But, uh, I was going to say something about next week's podcast. Ding dong. Goodbye. Yeah. Please like, comment, and subscribe, whatever you kids do nowadays. Follow us on Linktree's down below, and we'll see y'all on the next one.